What I think we ought to start with on this is from the top. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your junior year in high school. In high school. Okay. You get an idea to make some money selling Amazon FBA. Yeah. Okay. So number one, you know, like where did that even come from? Like, you know, that's kind of a weird, a weird side gig. Everybody else is cutting lawns. It is. You know, and, and, and you're, uh, you're, you're, you're hacking Amazon. So where did that, where did that even come from? There's a story. There's definitely a story to that. Um, so that actually started, I was just probably just browsing on YouTube. Right. And I saw one really like an ad, but it was more so like an info thing. Um, like become an expert Amazon seller. Yeah. Something like that. And I remember the guy's name, um, Derek struggle. That's, that's his name. It's really funny. That's his name. I I, (laughs) going through the struggle. Yeah. I remember that a hundred percent. And I just kind of saw it and I was like, oh, you know, this is cool. So like, I just started watching different videos on it, you know, learning it, seeing, you know, if I could figure something out. Right. So by the way, that's the new college guys. It is a hundred percent. You know, that's a, you, you, you don't have to pay money to, so, go, to go somewhere to, for them to teach you. You can, you can basically YouTube search anything in the world. Yep. My, my son makes some of the most awesome paper airplanes you've ever seen. Yep. And at six years old, he knows you know, oh. hey Siri, show me how to make an airplane and videos come up. So like if you're waiting for money or something like YouTube is a great resource. It is. And so like this is my last week of college, right? Mm-hmm. Like I graduated my bachelor's, really excited about that. But like I was just texting someone and I'm like, dude, like I did learn a decent amount. Like, don't get me wrong, but like the amount of knowledge I've learned from growing my business, astronomical. Okay. So you're but- you you you're you watching YouTube mm-hmm. and you um you get this idea. Amazon FBA, the yeah. kind of the kind of wet your whistle with it, but I take it that it was one of those videos that didn't really show you how to do it. Yeah, because you got to pay some sort of a fee to be of in this course. class. Yeah, of course, you know, and like I'm not going to waste my money, you know, joining those classes. Let me tell you guys now, don't waste your money. There's a lot. I'd say 98 percent of what is in anyone's course you can learn on YouTube. Just search for it. Like you can really do it without spending, you know, a thousand, five thousand dollars on someone's course. I promise you. The course guys are going to hate me, but yes, you can do it. So <laughs> that's kind of how it started. Like just searching on YouTube, learning about products, like what software she used, um, you know, and just browsing Amazon in general. Right. Mm-hmm. So then it started just, what could I sell? You know, like, I think that was my next question. What's super cheap that I could sell, you know, don't need thousands of dollars in startup costs. Right. So my girlfriend at the time, um, she worked at an iPhone repair store and stuff. And like, that's kind of where the screen protector thing came in. It's like, oh, you know, I could sell those, you and, know, and like they're already got a high cost, you know, when you're yeah. you know, in like a Verizon store, it's astronomical oh, what they yeah. are. Those Zag ones, yeah. they get, they get those for less than 75 cents yeah, and, and sell them for like 50. Like their margins on those are ridiculous. And so like, your mind went to what would be high margin. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody needs one. Everyone needs one. Um, a lot of different SKUs because it, a lot of different phones. Oh. What I have like four or five different models, maybe, and I don't know, source them from overseas, less than two hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, Amazon fifty bucks, you know, for your membership, shipping to Amazon maybe I don't know fifteen twenty bucks, and then you're selling. Like, and so, and so you're going, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm making money. Yeah. Week two, week three of this. Yeah. Probably not enough money to like live on. Of course. But, but, but it was for, a start. For junior in high school, you're probably, you're going, I'm, I'm making as much money as all, all of my friends that are working after school. Yeah. And, dude, and, like, and I'm not having to do much, but, but buy stock and sell stock. Yeah. I was making, I'd say like 200, 300 bucks, you know, every other week. It wasn't, but, you but, know, but it was good pocket money and yeah. it, got, it got, you got you into it. Dude, you're in high school, you know, like I'm working, I was working at Publix, you mm-hmm. know, like I was making more 
selling on Amazon than it was at Publix at the time, that's right? Crazy. You know, started at Publix. Want to start off like at eight seventy five an hour? Yeah, that's what I started off. And now those guys are making like twelve I, fifteen I an hour. Starting I know. They're, off, they're, they're going. It's going to be going crazy. I can tell. Yeah. So you're going. <laughs> how do I make this maybe less commoditized or stand out or or different? So that's where like the engineering component of just like my background comes in. Um, anyone you talk to, you know about me that like really knows me, they'll tell you that like I'm very obsessive about like design functionality, you know, just ingenuity of things, right? Like if I see something, I want to know how it works, why it works. Um, and how I can make it better. Yeah. How, you know, what can we do to make it better, you know, or cooler, right? Like that's kind of just how it works. And I'm a very big sports guy. Like when I mean, I'm a massive sports guy, like play baseball most of my life. Dad's a football coach, like very big Florida Gator fan. And it's like, what if we could just apply the logo, you know, to the screen, see what happens. And I did some research. I found out Otterbox did something similar, but they did like um, just a screen print, you know, over the glass, but it was off the backlit display, like on the old like iPhone models when you still have like your home button. Yeah. You know, like that's where the design was. And it's like, let's get this on the screen. Like in a bigger way, not, a bigger just, way. not just off to the side somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a little watermark in the bottom. Like I didn't want that. Which kind of presented a different problem. They're going that direction because if you were to put a print over the middle of the screen, you wouldn't really be able to see it that well. It obstruct your view. Yeah. It would and obstruct you're going, it. Well, how can I do this in a way that that doesn't happen? Yes. And so took some knowledge, you know, that I had just from building things in the past and equipment I've used and applied a Florida Gator logo to it. And it was very... I wouldn't say it sucked, but it sucked, yeah, you know, first iteration. First, yeah, yeah. Yeah. First model. And I mean, what is this high school time? So like it was just messing around with it. And it's like, okay, you know, like this is cool. Put it on my phone and I'm like, okay, you know, like you might cut your finger on it or something, you know, just messing yeah, around. It's got, got an edge to it. Yeah, still. it does. Okay. It's very rough, you know, but like the transparency of it was like, it was there. You know, like so you're going, I could, if I could make this better, this might be able yeah. to be something if, that you're not going to be able to feel. You can only correct. see when the phone is off for the most part. It was dialed in. Yep. Right. And doing that, I mean, the amount of hours I spent in my office, right. Just grinding it out. I mean, the amount of glass I had everywhere, like, well, and what's, what's important to <laughs> highlight about that portion of your story is especially for like the high school age people mm -hmm. that might be listening to this, um, like you know, time is an ally for you at that age. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you were doing this when you were older and you had a job, yeah. or you had a mortgage, you had an apartment payment, yep. like you'd be, you'd be doing it like with your cobbled together spare time. Mm -hmm. And it might've taken way longer to actually get a viable product to market. For sure. But because you're doing it during a portion of your life where, I mean, let's just be honest from like two o'clock on, you pretty just much, yeah, you pretty much have free time. I mean, yeah. you, you can dedicate a significant amount of your disposable time to, to mm -hmm. investigating something like this. And mm -hmm. had you had this idea 10 years later, it might've been something that you didn't stick with long enough to make it into something. Yeah. The, you know, and looking back at it, right. So like my senior year of high school, I didn't even show up to the school one time, really. Like I did all dual enrollment classes. So like when you go back to two o'clock beyond, maybe 11 a.m., right? It was my last class or mm -hmm. noon, you know? So like that other time, like if I went at Publix, like I was in my office, you know, just working on glass and glass is very messy. People think it's <laughs> it's not, right? But the amount of glass I used was ridiculous. And I would pull for my own Amazon inventory, you know, just yeah. to figure something out. And then like I would use my brother or my mom or something to test it on and be like, look at this one, you know, look at this one. And they're like, ah, you know, that one's okay. That one looks... That one looks good. 
you know, within the functionality of it came in. So dialing it all in just really probably took a year, two years, you know, to, to, to get everything right, figure yeah. out the workflow. Cause then you, once you figured out how to do it, then you had to start figuring out, well, how do I do it for, you know, one offs versus mm -hmm. long runs? Like, how do I do it fast? Because they want this stuff to ship next day. So you yeah. had other processes you had to figure out in addition to just getting, getting the glass to etch in, yeah. in a certain way to where you can see it sometimes you mm -hmm. can't see it. Other, Cause that's really what the magic is. Like a it lot is. of people can etch the, the screen protector glass, but, but then you, you, you obstruct your view. So when you, when like we go like into etching or molding, like a screen, right. Especially when it comes to custom designs, you don't see the logo. Once we applied it, you don't see it on the glass. It's what we do after to it like the after process that actually makes it show up and like for you to be able to see it, like that's where it's really dialed in at. And people don't realize that they're just like, Oh dude, like you laser etch these things. I'm like, you think that. Well, it's a piece of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm that's, like, that's one of the ingredients, but it's not the secret ingredient. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not the only way we can do it. But I was like, that just seems to be the most efficient way, you know, at the time, like right now. So it's, it's really crazy. You know, people think like, oh, you just etch it. I'm like, dude. Like, There's a lot more that's going into You don't this. realize. Yeah. Like the amount of stuff I had in my office, astronomical. You ever, ever want to give up on it? Do you have like. Oh, some, for sure. Some, some moments. Because it sounds days, like it was an 18 month process to where. Dude. You, yeah. And I, I still get like that. Like some days, like I'll just like lay on the floor and I'm like, all right. Done. Done. Like I'm not touching another screen today. Like not doing it forget it, you know, and sometimes like if machines acted up, computers not working right, or none of my molds are setting in correctly, or like I'm off by one centimeter to the left. Like I notice those little things and I'm just like, I can't do it. Like I got to take a break. Okay. So you build a product that you're like, this is viable. I'm going to market with it. Mm -hmm. All right. And you're selling them, I think mainly on TikTok at this point. Um, so at that okay. point, okay. So TikTok didn't exist. I hated TikTok. Okay. All right. So this was when TikTok really just first started. Okay. We're um, still musically at that point. Yeah. It okay. was like, I mean, looking back at it, I wish I would have gotten on it. Like, I wish I would have, you know, get the that organic early. on it is still huge. Oh yeah. Yep. It's so massive. And I take advantage of that today. But when this first started, I was just starting like Instagram, Facebook, like local people, you know, just like, Hey, this is what I do. This is my product. You know, and I just kind of started to dabble in Facebook ads. But at that time, it's like, okay. Products down. Got it. You know, what's next? And sales. Sales, but licensing. So I wanted to be licensed. You know, that's what really separates the little guys from the big guys, right? Oh, yeah, because because you can't you can't ever grow it to anything significant if you're not doing it reputably mm -hmm. and licensed because they're going to come shut you down. Yeah. In fact, you don't have to get very big. They, it's like a $10,000 fine per occurrence. Um, so yeah. if any of y'all listen, you're like, well, I'm under the radar. Like, listen, you're playing with fire. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't do it. And I see companies that do it and I'm just like, it's cause they don't know. They haven't interacted with the CLC they have to it. see, to see how, how serious they take it's, it. It's, it's a very serious process. And what I mean, my entire senior year of high school, like going to college classes was dedicated to my 30 page business plan, my additional marketing plans to go with it all my financials just to submit to three colleges. Cause at the time the CLC was, um, IMG. Yep. Okay. And we could only do, I think we were limited to three colleges within our home state or within like, cause they want basically once you get a work history going before they give you access to everybody else. Yes. That's, that's how they operate, which, you know, it's fine. It makes sense. It yeah, makes sense. It does. And I was like, okay, you know, this is what we got to do. It was like USF, you know, we could probably get them, you know, they're a little smaller. 
UCF. I'm like, they're little mid tier, you know, a little bit above USF when mm-hmm. it comes to getting licenses. And I was like, Florida's going to be our home run. And I was yeah. like, we get Florida, we're doing great. So I don't know, submitted all my license stuff. And what I mean, I spent hours and hours on business plans. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you go in my office, like you'll just find, I keep all my old business plans I've done. <laughs> every single one of them. Reference back to them. Yeah. And I, so my hard drive got wiped like two weeks ago on my laptop and I was like, oh my God. Glad all I my, have the hard copy of this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. all my business plans are gone. But <laughs> we went straight from, you know, product to licenses. And then, I don't know, maybe, I think I got to like mid-July. Mm-hmm. I heard back from USF before um, that football season started. They're like, yeah, you know, like we'll approve you. And I was like, dope. Like, this is so cool. You know, just got my first license. And I'm like, what do I do now? (laughs) You know, I'm like, I got the license. You know, what do I do? Sales, you know, sales and marketing. Did I know what I was doing? Not a clue in the world. (laughs) You know, going, being like a product guy, like the back end of a business is one thing, but like the sales and marketing, I'm not the best at. I'm okay Mm -hmm. at it. I don't like to do it, but had to do it. You know, yeah. got to get that cash flow. And at this time, I kind of stopped like Amazon FBA stuff because like my full attention was just dedicated to like this product. Okay. You know, when it came to outside working at Publix and stuff, because I was working 30, you know, 35 hours a week at Publix, just trying to move up there. But you're going, if that's going to be my long-term game plan, I'd rather spend my time doing this because I can make more yeah. money per hour on on this than yeah. I can working for someone else. Definitely. You know, and Publix loved him. Don't get me wrong. Like loved what I did there, but I didn't see myself working there, you know, long-term after working there for about a year and a half. I was like, you know, this isn't really what I want to do. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that, that goes to being self-aware. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of other people, the answer would have been like taking the same path. They would have interacted selling stuff on their own Mm -hmm. doing business. And they say they would, they would have said something like, man, having to sell product and like, and that's how I get paid. And like, I don't get a paycheck unless mm-hmm. I sell like that is stressful. I love working oh. for a company like Publix where they're going to stroke the check. And and I think that is the entrepreneur's dilemma that a lot of people don't unpack mm-hmm. is everybody like, just like when you think about being a pro athlete, what you immediately think of is like the millions of dollars, but what you don't think of is like, 99% of people don't ever make it there. Yeah. Okay. So you better love the sport you're going into because mm-hmm. you might be one of the ones that never make money at this. And, yeah. it's, and, it, and it's the dream that's unrealized. And Okay. And so, and so for you, you're making that decision, not necessarily based on money, but based on what you want to do with your time, how mm-hmm. you want to do it. Like you like working on the puzzle, you like working on the product. And I, and I want to highlight that because if you're, if you don't know yet, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, I don't know if I would really want to have the responsibility of creating cash flow for this business and understanding that I'm the last person to get paid. And as I hire mm-hmm. employees, they get paid first and whatever's left is what I get paid with. And there may not be nothing left. Um, you know, if, if that scares you, then I would second guess this mm-hmm. direction or at least just dip a toe into it and make sure it's the right move yeah. before you do it. Cause there's a lot of people who should be the number two or the number three mm-hmm. at another, at another company. I've said this before, you know, like the number 10 at Google is going to make more money than anybody probably at catapult right now. Guaranteed so money. Yeah. yeah Guaranteed. So don't, so don't, don't <laughs> undervalue whatever, whatever your thing is. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to that, like if you really want to become like an entrepreneur, like dipping your, your toe out there and stuff and like figuring out like your situation, right? Like I'm 21, still living home. Like, I don't have a care in the world. Yeah, you don't, I don't have the cost structure that yeah. someone who's 35 does. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't care. You know, like 
I could care less about living at home. I don't go out on Friday nights. Like I don't do any of that stuff. You know, like that's not what I do. No. Cause it, cause you're this, I, and I get it. It's, you know, you got to be obsessive about your Yeah, thing, you do. You, know? you really have to be obsessive about it. And some days, like, don't get me wrong. Like I have days where I'm like, dude, I don't want to do anything. I want to turn it off. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want to do anything. But more days <laughs> than, than not, you yeah. feel like getting into it or you wouldn't be doing it. So. Yes. Correct. You know, and, and now we'll get, yeah. we'll get back on topic. Well, but, but, but so, so you're, you're at the point where you're, you're selling, you're selling them, you know, essentially one at a time. Okay. Now, did you go in and in, in seek out mentorship before you pitched the product to Publix or did you pitch the product product to Publix before you went out and, and, and sought mentorship um, from, uh, from Maurice? So that was, that was way before. Um, okay. I'll be honest. So the Publix connection kind of came through Catapult okay. with co-starters. Okay. So um, you got, is that when you got into, into involved with Catapult was when you were trying to Develop yeah. out a business plan yeah. for this. And that was Brooke who kind of forced me okay. to go. She was just like, she's like, I saw this ad. Like, you're going to go. Like, she's like, you're going to, like, like we're signing you up now. What was that experience like for you? Like, what did you think you were going to get out of it versus what you got out of it? Um, you know, it was different. Just being young, mm -hmm. you know, learning and sitting in the room of people that are like 30. Way older, yeah. Yeah, like way older. I'm over here just like, hey guys, like, this is my product. This is what I want to do. And they're all just like. Like, oh shit, this guy, <laughs> like, look at his product. Like, that's, you know, a multi-million dollar product. <laughs> like, and so, well, you, you know, you, you were probably rare in the case that you had already kind of developed out what you wanted your product offering to be by yeah. the time you started CoStars. A lot of them are using CoStars to flesh that out. Yeah. But what you wanted to flesh out, it sounds like, is like your go-to-market strategy. Go-to-market, you know, just general business strategy. You know, like, it was very helpful for that, you know, working with Dick. Okay. Um, you know, just... I wouldn't say like clearing the space, but like really just opening my mind to like, yeah. Hey, you know, this is kind of what you want to worry about. You know, when you're, when you're going to sell, like how much are, you know, what's your cost of acquisition, you know, your break even points, stuff like that. Like don't just look at your, at the cost of the product, look yeah. at the cost of getting your customers too, because that's all going to factor into your long-term costs. Yes. And for anyone who wants to start a business, look at your cost of acquisition. It is very important. Well, in your case, it's more expensive than the product itself. Probably. Yes. I mean, so oh, it's like, for sure. You know, get, get in front of somebody is, yeah, could cost you seven, seven ads worth. Yes. And that's when they talk about, you know, keeping a customer or buying a new one. It's a hundred times cheaper to keep a customer. Like, you know, if, if they complain, you know, their screen arrived broken, I'm Just on the phone with it. them. I'm like, yo, super sorry about that. You know, we'll get you a new one. Okay. So, so you, you make through co-starters. Mm -hmm. And, and they kind of challenge you or put the idea in your head, Hey, you know, Publix might be able to use a lot of these. So it wasn't, it didn't really work mm -hmm. like that. Tim spoke. Okay. Okay. Tim Cox spoke at one of our things and I was like, that's the director of branding at Publix. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what's the angle here? You know, like what, what can I do to try and get Publix's business or like try and work with them in some capacity? And the goal wasn't to really like do public screens. Okay. The goal for Publix, right. Is to line like up marquee account. Well, just line up the relationship to try and get into retail footings. Okay, um, that makes sense. That you know, makes sense, especially like your Tampa, you know, your UCF market, right? Or, or yeah, USF market in the Orlando with your UCF, and then so that makes sense because because I see the little kiosks that they'll put inside their public stores with like shirts on them yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So you're going, hey, my product could just be one of the ones hanging beside this. Yes, you know, so that was kind of like my long term like strategy slash thinking about it. You know, I'm mm -hmm. like. 
how can I go about, you know, getting a relationship with someone, you know, higher up within Publix who can be like, hey, you know, like, here's your retail guy, your buyer you need to go through or something like that. So okay. That was like the original angle. Um, so I shot a cold email to Tim Cox, got his email, shot him a cold email and photos, everything, the product, you know, and this is where it got really, really funny, right? I think it was his assistant that reached back out to me, you know, and in my email, I was like, hey, you know, I work for Publix at Southgate. You know, this is what I do. Um, and I was like, this is kind of my business that I want to, you know, starting. And his secretary kind of got back on me and was like, hey, you know, like, Tim's out of the office. He'll get back with you. I'm like, okay. You know, well, found out why Tim mm -hmm. really couldn't get back with me at the time because I worked for Publix. Um, found that out through some, you know, mutual connections. And I'm like, oh, shoot him an email. I was like, dude, I'll put my two weeks in. When's the meeting? <laughs> so you're like, if, if, if me being employed at Publix is going to stand between me and getting this business successful, yeah. or at least getting my foot in the door, yeah. I'll take a shot. I'll take the shot. And it's not that like I was on my way out the door at Publix. Mm -hmm. I was just, I wouldn't say getting tired of it, but it's just like, you know, I don't see the room for growth here. You know, like this isn't what I want to do. Yeah, you were self-aware about what you wanted, yeah. you know, and you're going, you know, hey, this is great for some people. This is not what my dream is. Yeah. My dream is something else. You know, and I, I love my managers, you know, at the time, like, Great relationships. Um, and I sat down with them and I was like, hey, this is the situation. You know, like, I'm out. And my manager at the time, he's like, dude, he's like, you got to get me till Super Bowl. He's like, just work Super Bowl. And I was like, you know what? I will work till Super Bowl for you. I was like, but I better be off. Because <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah, because I used to always take Super Bowl Sunday off. Um, but I was like, you know what? My last... Hoorah with Publix, mm -hmm. like, I'll give you Super Bowl Sunday. All right. Um, <laughs> so, so I, and I know that, that ultimately the, uh, the, the interaction with, with Publix, like you ended up going more, a, a different, a different path than retail in their stores. Yeah. But I think where that was an important turning point for you was like many people you're faced, you faced with the decision. It was a fork in the road, right or left. So, and think about this, right? This was February of last year, 2020. So right. we're, we're in COVID this at is, this point. Not no, yet. No, not yet. No, not it was yet. one month This before. was one month before COVID, right? So I literally left my job at Publix, you know, one work in there, and I was going full-time in this business. And it's like, all right, what am I going to do? You know, like, I got to make money, got to get cash flow, got to live, mm -hmm. you know? And I would cut lawns for some people at the time, you know, just make extra cash. Yeah. But overall, it was just like, how can I create a sustainable business? A month later, you know, COVID hits. And I'm just like, <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. Like, okay. Like parents were on spring break, you know, at the time and they're like, all right, you know, no one's coming back to school, you know, for the next month. So we're all just looking at each other. We're like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Cause, you know? cause, we're, Cause we're selling, we're selling sports yeah. memorabilia <laughs> and sports are shut down. Literally like, you know, I don't know what to do, you know, and I wasn't going to go spend money, you know, crazy money on investment, you know, into stuff. Cause it's like, Cash flows down. No one's really spending money right now. You know, no one knows what's going on. But COVID, in essence, for me, was an absolute blessing, you know, for because my business. people started online buying more. Yes. And, and I think that one of the people that you had interested in, enough of his projects slowed down mm -hmm. to where he was ready to kind yeah. of engage and have a well, conversation with you. We got to go back to it, yep. though. Um, we'll get back on track. Um, so when it came to the public thing, right? Tim connected me over with their uh, their branding company they work with who does their apparel, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's called 363 Green. 363 Green. Okay, that was Partner Marketing. The, okay. That's the okay. name okay. of the company, Partner Marketing Solutions. Okay. In, in Winter Haven. Got it. Sat down, um, had a meeting with those guys, and Tim was pretty straightforward. He's like, hey, you know, if so-and-so likes it, he's like, you're in. He doesn't like it, you know, you're out. He's like, that's just kind of how it works. He's like, he kind of runs it. He's like, you know, I oversee it, but like, you know, it's his thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, fair enough. Had a meeting with him, sat down. He's like, dude, this is really cool. You know, like, we want it. Got a PO that day, walked out the door with a PO, and I'm like, all right. And I was like, now I got to make these things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this sucks. You know, because at the time I'm doing, you know, one or two at a time, yeah, you know, so not to do, to 50 a to 100 of them. Yeah. them, you know. So, I mean, I sat there and I texted my buddies. I knocked these screens out so fast. Like, I did so well with these things. And I calculated my per hour and I was like, dude, this is how much I just made per hour on this order. Yeah. Well, it's because you started to like, see the efficiencies that bulk creates versus one off. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and bulk comes with its headaches. Don't get me wrong. It does come with its headaches. You're going, you can have the time now to dial in the design, dial mm-hmm. in the process versus each one is a little different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it was the same design. I think we did three designs, just Publix, the P and then Greenwise design. And they were really cool. And I had people that worked at buddies at all stores i'm like dude you know i'll hook you up with one just yeah. go sell these you yeah. know tell don't, them to go don't resell them but this is this is something cool that's yeah. coming out the pipeline yeah so that's kind of what i did mm-hmm. um so first official po i made like when i looked at my dollar per hour i was like wow yeah, like, this is what i want to do this is it you know like this is what i need to do and i told my mom at the time i was like i want to focus on wholesaling i was like i want to wholesale to everybody so i was like if i don't have to go buy the customer I don't have to worry about the marketing of it. I just wholesale. I'm like, I don't have to do anything. You yeah. know, like I'm making great money. Year later, that's not the case. But <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, but what that highlights also is that you're following your your gut on what you think mm-hmm. is going to be the right path. Again, yeah. I mean, I, I'm no different than in, in my own business in this. Mm-hmm. You know, you you do something, you see some, you see results from that something mm-hmm. that kind of makes you think about something else. Yeah. And you go and you investigate it. And you know, there's been times where I'm like, this is gonna be my breakout success. And then I hit a couple roadblocks. I'm like, uh, okay, so this is why this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And that and that usually creates a new path. And then I follow that path. And you keep doing that yeah. until you get to where you want to go. Yeah. And, you know, I look at where I'm at today. And I'm just like, you know, little baby clays over there. And I'm like, it's crazy that, I, like, that's who I was. But at the time, it's like, you know, those were the cards I was dealt, the path I was on. You know, and now all paths lead to where I'm at now and mm-hmm. tons of paths ahead. You know, so, and that's what the fun part is, is that optimism yeah. you feel like when you just thought about that, I could see your face light up. Cause you're like, God, I'm, I got a lot of stuff on the horizon. Like, this yeah. is going to be fun. I don't even know how it's going to end up yet, yeah. but I'm excited. Yep. So, so you're, you're, uh, you've, you've just finished the order at Publix. Yep. Um, and I think somewhere in there is, is, is when you make this trip up to Tennessee somewhere after So that. this was order with Publix was before. We went to Tennessee. No, no, go back. Tennessee was before Publix order. Okay, so you go, Tennessee you, was before Publix. So you 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 um you've got someone that you've kind of looked up to. They've got a podcast going on. They're doing yes. a live uh, recording so, of that podcast. Yes. What was the purpose behind wanting to go up there to connect with them? So the podcast itself, like, so my brother worked in New York. He would listen to podcasts and stuff, and he's like, "Dude, found this podcast." Like, you got to listen to it. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll give it a shot. I really wasn't big mm-hmm. in a podcast at the time, right? Like I was still 
you know, younger. I was still in high school, technically. It would have been senior year of high school when I started listening to it. Mm-hmm. And I listened to one episode. I'm like, dude, I'm like, these guys are crazy. Like, they're yelling in the mic, like, cussing. And I'm like, bro, like, this is crazy. He's like, dude, just listen. Like, listen to the words, the value, the content you're going to get out of it. And I was like, all right, all right. You know, I'll give it, you know, a couple more episodes and stuff. So I listened. You know, and when I mean I fell in love with this podcast, like, I fell in love with it. The, the amount of content you got from it, you know, just being younger, listen to older guys in business. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. So the three guys that were on it, you had Corey Gregory, who is very big into fitness, helped start Muscle Farm, now has Max Effort Muscle. You had John Fosco, who was in MMA industry, agent. Um, then he did sports marketing for a while, and now he does like CBD stuff. And then you had Maurice Claret. Maurice was a football player back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. at Ohio State University. He won a national championship for him. Um, couple famous plays, you know, with those guys to win the national championship. And he got on the wrong path, did some bad things and stuff, you know, but ultimately where his life's at now, you know, he's really big into business, you know, entrepreneurship, investing and stuff. And that's kind of why he was on the podcast. In his perspective, he brought was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, they came out, they're like, yo, we're doing a live show. Um, this uh, thing, it was Zanies in Nashville Comedy Club. They wanted to do a podcast event live. And they're like, we're going to go down to Nashville because they were in Ohio. And they're like, y'all, you know. Anybody listening? They're like, yeah, yeah. Anyone listening, you know, buy a ticket. Tickets are like 20 bucks. Yeah. You know? And I looked at Chris, my brother, and I'm just like, dude, we got to go. Like, we got to go. You know, like, they're coming down. We can drive up. You know, just take the opportunity to go do it. Bought our tickets. Took my car. You know, 12 hours up to Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So we met the three guys. We we arrived maybe two or three hours before the show started. And they were outside the building, you know, touring it. And we were there, met them before the show. Super cool, you know, connected with them. And they went on. I think they grabbed dinner somewhere. And we were just hanging out at the club. Just yep. like chilling. Just you know, waiting for this thing waiting to start. Waiting for the show, yeah. Because yep. we're like, dude, we're in Nashville. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what's going to eat around here. We'll, we'll just, just stay here. We'll just chill in the car. Yeah. So <laughs> it got crazy. We walked into the club, you know, showed tickets, sat down. We were front row. Um, but the guys we met at the club, like we're all still connected, mm-hmm. right? Like we're still friends to this day, you know, follow each other on IG and text each other every now and then. That's funny. Yeah. Tre- Trevor Hoppus and uh, Chris Zeller. We, we still... Would you have thought that that's how that would have worked out? No. Like, that they would have been that cool and relatable and approachable like that? No, not at all. I, and, and I think that most people don't think that. But in my in my experience, the people that you look up to are just normal people like you are. And they're they are. cool cool people, just, just like the people you interact with. Yeah. And while we might have them on a pedestal in our mind, uh, they're not on a pedestal in their own mind. Yeah, they're a normal, normal person. Um, and that's when, so it was, I think it was like two hours, right? The entire podcast and we did the meet and greet, you know, after the show, met with them. We're like, yo, you know, this is kind of what we got going on. You know, explained to them who we are and stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, really cool. So we left. Okay. And this is midnight. We're driving home. Yeah. So you're getting home sometime the next morning, 12 hours. Oh, dude, we drove. When I mean we drove, my brother, he took the first leg back from Nashville mm-hmm. um, and got us into Florida within, I mean, I don't know how fast he was going, but... There was a huge rainstorm. Like, it was crazy. 
but we were listening to the podcast while we were in the car and stuff on the way yeah. back. It was just a great time, right? You know, and got to spend time with my brother. Yeah, nice fun road trip Dude. with a purpose. Yeah. So, and you know, we got the idea and it's like, bro, like, let's shoot a DM to Maurice, you know, see if he'll come down and speak to dad's football team. Okay. Because when there's something about football players, you know, today and back then, right? Like, Maurice tells him straight. He's like, you guys think you're something, you know, and he will... You put you uh, in your place. Yeah. Yeah. He'll put you in your place real quick. You know, when it comes to football and our, our dad's team at the time, they were very talented team, but it's like, yo, you know, they just need that, like that extra motivation. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, well, and, and, and Maurice had gone through some stuff, you know, there's yeah. a saying out there is a uh, get humble or be humbled. Yeah. And, um, and you know, when you've been humbled, you want to save people from learning it that way. Yeah, you, you do. Know? And, and so you're a little bit more passionate about the message that you're given. And I think yeah. that's what it sounds like where he was coming from. He's like, man, don't get, don't get too big in your own head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where, you know, we saw our dad's football team at the time. Mm -hmm. They're very talented, but it's like, you know, y'all out, they all had like an ego, like, oh, I'm gonna go D1. I'm like, look, you don't even know. Like, you see some of those D1 athletes coming out of Miami and stuff. I'm like, those guys are fantastic at what they do. So we shot a DM. He hit us back. He's like, yo, you know, he was going to be down in Florida anyways on vacation with his family. But he's like, I'll drop in. Um, and I think they were over in Orlando, maybe okay. at Disney so, or so something. Able to coordinate it to where yeah. he stopped in over here. Yeah. And, you know, and so if you're listening to this and you're going like, so what do you do there? Like the, the biggest thing that I'm seeing is he's, he's connecting a small series of yeses. So the first yes was I went to a podcast and saw him. It required nothing of the people yeah. he wanted to meet. The second, the second yes was just getting to know you at a surface level. Let's mm -hmm. exchange contact information. Again, a small, easy yes. Now mm -hmm. Clay didn't say this, but I'm sure between that yes and the DM with him asking Maurice to come down, there might've been some other communication, but maybe not. So there was, um, so this goes back to like the podcast stuff. Mm -hmm. They knew we drove 12 hours, mm -hmm. you know, because you told from them, right? Florida. Yeah. Like we tagged, like, Hey, we just got here, dude. We tagged their IG, you yep. know, and they, they all saw it. We're like, yeah, we're driving, you know, 12 hours up to Nashville right now. We're just saying something. Yeah. And when my brother asked a question, you know, at, at the live event, he's like, yo guys from Florida, you know, they drove in 12 hours. You know, cause, so they knew, right? Yeah. Like, they're like, well, these guys literally drove 12 hours just to watch us, right? And in someone's mind, like, if that was me, I'd be like, these guys are dedicated. Mm -hmm. well, you know, they're serious. pretty flattered if you're them, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, really cool. And it was a cool opportunity for us. But going back to Maurice, um, you know, he came down, spoke to our dad's football team, gave them, you know, a powerful message. He called them out, a lot of them. You know, he really did. And I won't, you know, I won't get into that stuff, but... It was, it was really cool, you know, really cool to see him, you know, speak to an actual football team. Cause like, mm -hmm. there's one thing he loves is football. Yeah. You know, he will talk for hours about football <laughs> and he'll, he grilled all the kids, yeah. you know? So it was just a great building bonding experience overall. Great time. But at that time, you know, I kind of showed him, I'm like, yo, Maurice, this is kind of what I got going on. Like, this is my product. This is my business. And this is the and, first time you'd brought him into that yeah, conversation. Yeah, you know, when we're just meeting, because it's just like... How do you think it would have gone if you would have led with that when you first met him? Probably an instant shutdown. And they talk about that, like, they talked about stuff like that on the podcast. They'd be like, you know, you don't just slam someone's face. Gotta focus on getting first base. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's those little micro steps that lead up to that, to that home run, right? Like, you yep. gotta hit the singles, and then you'll hit the home run, right? And so that's kind of how it was. You know, we, we talked about the product a little bit, you know, I kind of showed him, like, dude... Let me make you some red zone ones for your business, right? His business is the red zone. 
he's like, all right, dope. You know, he shot me off his logo. He, you know, he's back up in Ohio after his vacation and stuff. I shoot him, you know, some screens and he's like, dude, like, this is pretty cool. You know, not going to lie. He's like, anytime you can take an opportunity to brand something, you know, someone's logo that, you know, they're passionate about. He's like, this is really cool. And the average person spending six hours a day looking at their phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, in me so, so, so much so more great, probably. Great, great positioning. <laughs> yeah. Great positioning. And this was, this was senior year. I think this At this point, year. did you even have an angle or are you just really trying to share your product with everybody who will just listen? kind of sharing it, you know, yeah. like so you, did, you didn't know that there could be, that this could become something or connect, well, come from it or, you know, I knew he had connections in the NCAA of some sort. But you knew that this conversation by itself but, didn't guarantee it. Yeah. You know, it, it, there was no like, Hey, if you don't do this for me, like I'm going to be really pissed. Right. Yeah. Like there was none of that. It's like, this is what I got going on, Maurice. You know, this is what I do. This is what I'm trying to do. You know, I just kind of laid it out there. And he's like, yo, this is really dope. Like, I got some guys that might be able to help you. And I was like, okay. But at that time, the guy he connected me with, uh, Rashawn Brown, who's mm-hmm. one of my partners now, he was going through college emojis. So like the emojis, you you know, collegiate emojis, mm-hmm. that's, what he, that's what he did. Okay. And they built all that, him and his team. And they were pretty busy when you all first yeah. met. Yeah. You know, he just made the intro and mm-hmm. Rashawn was really busy. We kind of talked it over and stuff. And he's like, you know, I, I don't really have time, you know, to help him or anything like that. Right. And I was like, dude, hundred percent fine. Right. Like I'm not stressing it. So I was going about my business, you know, selling USF, UCF, and then applying for Florida state at the time. Mm-hmm. Cause IMG had just been bought out. Rules were changing. Yeah. Now it's the CLC. And, yeah. And, and, and I got you. I, I kind of saw it as an opportunity to like sneak in the door a little yeah, bit. Cause you're like dur- during this rule change, maybe they're not going to be as yeah. stringent on three versus four. Yeah. 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 I was like, I can just, you know, sneak in and I shot a cold email to the licensing director at, you know, Florida state told her what I was doing and she saw it, shot off samples, you know, they loved it. So during that time, you know, I was lining up Florida state, you know, and I was, Aiming for Florida again. I was like, all right, you know, our year's coming up soon so mm-hmm. I can reapply. Cause once you apply and get denied, you got to wait a year before you can reapply. So I was like, okay, you know, that's fine. But now you can tout, hey, I'm also Florida State. I'm got this going on, that yeah. going on. So you seem seem like things have happened at least since the last application. They have. But then talking with Rashawn again, like right when COVID started, and within a week, we struck a deal with Texas AM, um, one of the retailers out there, Aglian Outfitters. Like, I don't that know. Fast. So you're yeah. going, you're going, so that's how fast that connection materialized. Yeah, dude, like instantly, you know, got the artwork approved, you know, CLC approved. We did it under someone else's license. So we didn't have to worry about the licensing aspect, which made our lives. Well, was that the first easier. time that you'd experimented doing that? Yeah. 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 So that even led to like a way that you're going, Hey, we can scale this by not having to get all the licenses. We can do this over Correct. and over and over again. We can work with other people, you know, who have the licenses and like we can work under their umbrella. Um, which has been super helpful, right? And I forgot who connected us with Dave Kirkpatrick, who's president of the CLC. He loved the product. I think Rashawn was doing like a pitch to him that week, something to do with um, his emojis. And was able to work this and, in. Yeah, like he asked me, he's like, dude, like let's just get like five slide deck or something, you know, put together just so I can show. And I was like, all right. You know, so we busted that out, you know, did like a little one-sheeter, you know, with a little deck and just to show him kind of at the end, you know, it wasn't his presentation, but he's like, you know, I'm going to show an afterthought, but yeah. it planted a seed and it, did. And, it, and it got the next steps moving. It did. And he's like, Dave came back and he's like, let me connect you with so-and-so at Fanatics who um, was a VP, you know, for uh, 
uh, merchandise, like non-apparel merchandise. Okay. I'll make that very clear. Non-apparel. If you're trying to get the apparel game, good luck. I yeah, can't everybody, help you. Everybody and their brother. <laughs> everybody and their brother. Yeah, it's impossible. I promise you, like, forget that. So, anyways, he, he connected us with someone at Fanatics. Um, we kind of showed the product to the VP, and he's like, oh, you know, this is really cool. Let me hook you up with our non-apparel buyer, okay? This is within two, three weeks. I mean, I'm just working with Rashawn, like, that fast. So, you, so you're immediately seeing that when you, you've got the right person in your sphere mm-hmm. that can help you get to where you're trying to go, how much faster you can get there. Because that kind of mm-hmm. is what I was trying to say earlier was when you get to the right person and yeah. get the right set of knowledge and the right set of set of connections, mm-hmm. you can do in three weeks what you couldn't do in three years trying yeah. to figure it out on your own. Yeah. I would never like, you're, you're like, talking about a meeting with fanatics, right? Like, good luck, you know, trying to get that meeting done. You know, unless you know someone, you know. And then you're just an email yeah. out there because they're not going to pick up your phone call when no, you call. definitely you know? not. But that's what helped with COVID, right? Everyone is at home. So they didn't have like an excuse or, you know, these barriers. Or, yeah, yeah. A reason why they couldn't answer your email or your phone call because it's like, yo, you don't have anything to do. Like, Especially because sports are shut down. So how much, how many new yeah. merchandise projects can you really be? So, okay, so <laughs> you had the right connection, but then also, you know. Kind of hit right timing, yeah, too. great timing. You know, and universities need money. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't, I'd say they weren't as strict when it comes to, like, you know, getting products approved or trying to get licenses. So that's where, when we got our Fanatics meeting with Lee, super, super cool guy. Like, really informal. He's just like, yo, what's up? You know, and he's a big Florida State guy. So first thing I do, shoot a Florida State screen off. I'm like, dude, you got to see the product. He gets it, like, two days later comes back he's like i think his text was yo fanatics wants this product like we want it so what do we have to do to get there so we did like a follow-up call you know and he's like all right here's our fanatics top 30 you know these are the licenses you guys need to get you know you can do them in chunks of 10 you know 15 whatever but just get them come back fanatics will sell them so at that point i'm just like whoa you know, like <laughs> How did that just happened. Yeah. Right. And now there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Tons of work. And I'm over here thinking, I'm like, okay, how do I afford these licenses? Cause you're looking at, I don't know, somewhere between 30 to $50,000 just in licenses before products even made. That's what you're looking at, you know, just to buy those licenses. And you're going, that's a huge investment because it's Massive. still not, still not guaranteed sales. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's, guaranteed. It's, it's for the opportunity mm-hmm. to get sales. Yeah. And sports was shut down. So it's like, like, okay, is this worth, you know, going to raise money for, you know, taking out a loan to get these licenses? What, you know, what's the smartest play? You know, in I think our play at the time was like, hey, you know, let's knock off the, the top 10, you know, easily. Like, that's worth the investment, you know, 10 grand or so. It's worth it. Like, that was kind of my thought process going well, into and, it. And, which I'm there, you know, if you go with the pro principle, you know, 80-20 rule, it, 20% of those top are going to produce 80% of the SKUs. They do. And so if you just pick the top 10% or mm-hmm. the top 10 of the of those top 30, yeah. I think you get a pretty good shot yeah. at saying, hey, would if this works, then an investment to the rest of the licenses would would be obvious. Mm-hmm. But if I can't get this to work, then, then it's not worth less it. obvious. And, yeah. and, and you know, I talk a lot on on our podcast about entrepreneurs making small bets, lots mm-hmm. of bets but never a bet that puts you out of business. And yeah. so, so let me define that here on this one. The bet that puts you out of business would be doing the 50,000 before you'd know mm-hmm. what you don't know. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was it, with 
you know, those bottom schools I look at and I'm just like, is Iowa State really going to sell? And it's the same cost because it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not like like, the top one was, was more expensive than the bottom one. It's a standardized cost. Yeah. And I look at like how I look at things. I'm like, okay, I don't know one thing about Iowa State fans. I couldn't tell you one thing, you know, now Florida fans, Florida State, Miami, you know, Alabama, I could, I could connect with with those guys. Yeah. Let me start with what I know (laughs) and then, and then, and then, and then expand out from there. Yeah. So that was, that was what we were thinking at the time. You know, I was telling her, Sean, I was like, all right, you know, I think this is a good bet, you know, because if you're acquiring Alabama, Florida, Ohio State, solid choices, you know, to sell collegiate merchandise. And the way it works with Lee's, he's like, dude, just put in the application request, give him my phone number, tell him to call me. Like, that's how he's, he's like, you know, he, he almost hand walked it through for you. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, just give him my phone number, tell him Fanatics wants it. And we call it a day. Again, goes back to the right connect. It because, does. Because that, having that leverage through that process made a lot of difference for you versus yeah. trying to do it cold and convince them to to take on your product. You wouldn't even have kind of known where to start. Yeah. You know, and looking back at it, I'm like, dude, I didn't even have to pitch my product to Fanatics, right? Get a request from a VP to the buyer. You know, buyer's thinking, okay, VP over here sent this to me. Obviously, we, we got to look at it, right? So... I think that kind of went, you know, into Fanatics' process too. When a VP sends it down, you know, the chain, it's like, hey, look at this, you know, take it serious. And that's kind of why, you know, that you, worked you know, out. But I'm a fan of that strategy, which is don't go through normal normal channels. I mean, if you yeah. go through the same channel that everybody else is, how do you stand out? Yeah, you, you never. Know? So, I mean, I, I think that, that you, you know, I know that you didn't like master plan that angle. <laughs> no, not okay? at all. But that, it goes back to the luck thing I was talking about. But yeah. I mean, like you do need a certain amount of luck to hit. You but, but you know, what you when you look at that, you're going, yeah, if I had to do it over again, though, now knowing what I know, mm-hmm. I'd probably start higher than the buyer Heck and yeah. then work downward yeah. than, to, than to try to work up through the buyer and mm-hmm. then get someone above them to take an active interest in my product. Yeah. So we're looking at top 10, right? We're mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, like this is, this is looking like it's worth the investment. 10, 15 grand, you know, not crazy money. You know, it's, it, at the time it was a lot, especially with COVID going on. It's like, all right, you know, most people aren't spending money right now. But you're running the equation of like, I spend 15 and this doesn't work out. Yeah. Am I out of business? No. Has yeah. anything changed? No. Well, am I going to pass up on this opportunity? No. So, Can't pass you, it so up. you roll the dice and you go with it. So, well, we did it because okay. this is what happened following, you know, when me and Rashawn were talking about, all right, is this worth it? You know, what are we going to do? Dave Kirkpatrick, um, guy at the CLC, you know, we kind of had a conversation with him and he's just like, oh, you know, like, here's an idea for you. He's like, there's a company out here, you know, Colorado. They hold licenses for Otterbox, Spec, Mophie. You know, they do all these other products. And then he's like, we have another company in New York, similar thing, just not the big brands. They do more of the retail end. He's like, go talk to those guys. So we get intros to those companies. And we didn't really essentially start a bidding war, but it was like, hey, you know, New York wants us. You guys want us. What are we going to do? You know? What are the terms of the deal? Like, yeah. How, how, can, how can we make this right? Yeah. You know, and we, we really didn't feel comfortable with the New York guy at the time because he was more like, like, he's like, look, we're going to push units into TJ Maxx, sell them at a price point of like less than 20 bucks. Like, and you're going, that's not the direction we really want to yeah. go. Yeah. I'm like, you know, that's not building a brand. Essentially. I was like, you know, you're just trying to sell product at that point. It's commoditizing it. Yeah. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually build like a brand behind, yeah. you're trying you know, to build a business, not, not just yeah. make money on selling a product. Yeah. Like you, that's, if that's what you're going to do. You would have stayed with Amazon FBA. <laughs> 
Yeah, like that's that's kind of what we were looking at and having the opportunity to go work, you know, hand in hand with like Otterbox, you know, Spec and those guys. It's like, okay, this is a no brainer. Yeah, you're like, this is this is really the direction that I yeah. want. Yeah, but it, I think that's a good way to look at it though, because, you know, then it didn't really come down to who could do something mm-hmm. better price wise. It really came down to like, hey, who's a better long term fit? Yeah. You know, in the in the brands they work with and stuff, like we can run side by side advertisements with those guys. Like we can do all that stuff. And it's like, why would I not want my product next to some of the biggest guys in the industry? Like I'd be stupid not to. And I might lose some margins. I might. But at the same time, I'm thinking like, okay, we also gain access to the MLB and NBA. I would never be able to afford those licenses. And the strategy fits. Yeah. Because you're going the other way. It's going to just be price point. So yeah. When, when, once you're into like a discount retailer, you know, where, where's there to go? Yeah. You're not, you're not going, you're not going, you're not up going in margin up. from there. You're no. just going down. Yeah. You're going straight down. Okay. So. And, so, and so then, so then, you know, at the end of the day, the CLC makes their money as a percentage of the total sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so does the colleges that you're getting these licenses for. So who would they want to see uh, be more successful what they're doing? Yeah. The person who's paying them more money. Well, if the money's coming from the top line sale, you pick the right angle, I think. We, you know, and we really sat down and analyzed it, you know, talked with the guys um, in Colorado. We had some great meetings, you know, kind of, they were straightforward with it. Like, hey, this is kind of how it works. This is what you're going to do. You know, this is, this is the game. And they're like, if you're in, you're in. If you're out, you know, doesn't hurt our feelings. Because they're making... I mean, they're making so much money from yeah, the other they, guys. They're going, this isn't a make or break deal yeah, for us. It's not. And okay. for me, it was more so like it was my make or break deal because it's like if I want in, these are the guys I got to go with. Mm-hmm. Or I got to go with the the ones who want to discount it. So yeah. I'm going, really, there's only one or, choice. Or I go <laughs> buy all my licenses and hope I break even in 10 years. You Which know, it's, that's a scary deal, too. I know that <laughs> if, if you know for sure it's going to work out, if you know yeah. 100% for sure it's going to work out, then obviously that is the better angle. Mm hmm. But For maybe, sure. maybe at one point, because I mean, like in the beginning, you still have a lot to learn and you're going to learn a ton through working with someone that is that robust yeah. on that side of the, of the, of the industry. Yeah. You know, whereas if, again, if you've done it yourself, now you're back to making your own wheel, you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're going to have to figure out all the things they've already figured out and, yeah. and, and get, sidestep all the problems. So, I mean, I, I see a lot of benefit in partnering with someone like that, that that's Definitely. bringing that much, that much to the table. And, you know having the opportunity just to work with them, you know, learn their insights. They're like, Hey, you know, this is a good idea. This isn't, you know, like we've tested this before, hadn't worked for us. They're like, you can go test it, you know, but this is just our insight on it. Right. That makes sense. And, you know, we've had those tough conversations and I kind of have my way of looking at things. They have their way of looking at things. But like at the end of the day, you know, we still get along. We have a great relationship with them. And I met the owner. He flew down, um, I think Sarasota, over the summer, we hooked up, you know, had a great dinner and stuff. And that's pretty cool. So, yeah. so you're, you're even building deep relationships within the organizations. Like, like sure. I, th- I think, you know, that's a, it's a uniqueness to your story. Mm-hmm. I don't often hear people who are getting to know the people they're in business with so personally. Yeah. Okay. And I do think that you getting to know them personally, one, you're learning from them as a professional, mm-hmm. um, but two, they start to become part of your success story. I mean, like when, yeah. when, when they feel emotionally connected to what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and, and you've seen where several people along this path have not just like taken an interest, but wanted to help you. Yeah. Not wanted to help the company, wanted to help you personally play canning. Yes. And, you know, and I think that's a big difference. Like, you know, if, it you, is. if you really break down Maurice, Rashawn, 
the uh, the the CLC president, and then mm-hmm. and then this company you ended up partnering with. Each one of those entities took a personal they angle with you. you know, it wasn't just business. Yeah. It was personal. And even like some of our investors coming on, right? Like tomorrow, like tomorrow morning, I have a meeting with um, one of our guys. And I'm like, I hit him up beginning of the week, maybe late last week. And I was like, yo, like you got time, you know, like let's sit down. Like if you're going to come in on the company, you know, like I want to get to know you. Not like, I don't care, you know, about your business. Like I don't care anything, you know, investor wise. Like I could care less about that. I'm just like, dude, like I want to get to know you. Like, what who you are you? Yeah. yeah. You know, like that's kind of how I operate, you know, like getting to know people before the business really comes down. Right. Like, I feel like that's very important. I think there's a lot, you know, if you're listening to this right now, there's a lot to learn from that angle. Um, mm-hmm. I, I talk to a lot of people, very few of them take that angle. Most of them actually want to keep it business, not yeah. personal at all. They're taking the other angle. Why? Because they want to be in a good spot to negotiate when, when price is talked about. They're worried you know? about so, the dollar. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, like you got to understand that if you take a personal approach like this, you're going to have a hard time chiseling any of those people out of mm-hmm. a margin or like yeah. out of a, you know, like when you go out to dinner with the person who owns the vendor that you're using, it, it's a lot more awkward than when you call and you're trying to beat them up over price. Yeah. Okay. But that's reciprocated too. Cause they, they, they're going to feel more awkward to beat you up over stuff like that mm-hmm. too. It's more of a partnership, more of a relationship. Yes. Um, now that'll stand the test of time, but that's not necessarily the pathway to make the most money you know, per widget. But when you look at the lifetime value, mm-hmm. I, I would argue that it is the way to make the most on a long-term path. Yeah. And I also look at too, right? So sometimes I always think about like, dude, like what if my business ever failed, right? Like something goes really bad, you know, I fail, but I've created these working relationships with all these people, you know, like they're like, oh, you know, it didn't work out, but Hey, you know, like you, you can come work for me. You can come, you know, do this for me. You know, like there's those little things where it's like, Hey, you know, when you treat people right, you know, do, you do the right by them. You know, at the end of the day, hopefully they will do right by you too. Not to mention you feel better about it. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Like, 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 you know, you know, <laughs> the adage, it's like not how much you make, it's how you make your money. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, I, I live by a very similar principle. I'm like, I want to feel good about what I'm doing mm-hmm. each day. And, you know, it's not, it's not really what it's kind of funny is as I focus my attention less on the activities that generate actual cash and mm-hmm. just more on the macro strategy. It's actually, it has been easier for me to grow the revenues of the business than when I was just hyper-focused on growing the revenues of the business. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not worried about growing like straight revenue, you know, my bottom line or anything like that. Like I'm right now in the spot, like, Hey, I want to get my product out there. Like I want people to enjoy it. You know, I'm not so much here to like, I want to make millions off this mm-hmm. thing, call it a day get out of it. You know, like that's not my whole focus. Like mm-hmm. I just want people to have the product. I want them to enjoy it, you know, and really get that sense of like value from it. Because when I really first started this, like we talk about price point, the company, the number one screen protector company in the world, they sell their screens at ridiculous, ridiculous rates. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you're talking $50 a screen just right off the bat. And the reason they do that is because they hold the market share, all the retail, they own it and they know they own it. And they charge that money because they know they own that space. So my goal going into it, you know, I didn't really want to necessarily undercut them like 100%, but I was like, hey, let's make it pretty competitive. So like at the end of the day, if my product is sitting on a shelf next to theirs or it's in an online ad, you see 40, 50 bucks, normal screen, you know, 30 to 50 bucks, depending on, you know, 
what screen you're buying. You can buy it with your favorite logo on it. Who are you going to choose? Because you're getting more value you're getting for more value. maybe slightly less money. Yeah. You know, and if you're passionate about like the Lakers, the Yankees or something, you're going to look at that product and be like, yo, that's really cool. Like, let me check it out or just, you know, shoot in the dark. Because either way, you're going to be spending 40, 50 bucks on theirs. They're like, might as well take the risk and buy in this one. And get something that, that they're not offering yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was really your spin on how you could take something that was purely commoditized and make it more unique. I mean, because yeah. like in, in their case, like when you're breaking down the business model that you're comparing yourself to, it's not the... Um, it's not the supply that they have a competitive advantage on. It's the distribution. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you have the they retail, you have the retail, you know, partnerships mm-hmm. like, and it's exclusivity. Um, well, that is really what makes them unique. That's what's unique about their product. Yeah. So you're going, well, I can't get that. Okay. Cause they already have it. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. But what I can do is this other thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that when we talked earlier, that's, that's what led you into putting the logos on them in the first place. Yeah. And now I think you're seeing that just like those retail partnerships are, are, are what makes them different and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, the access to the right licenses, the right distribution points for your product is what's making you unique and what's making you stand out in the marketplace. Yes, definitely. And, and you also got to think the relationships, right? So we had, we worked a relationship with some guys at Clemson over the past year. And this was same day, like same day. He, we're, we're working, you know, Clemson order with them, really cool guys. And someone else approached them about doing a similar thing. And he shot it over to me within like 10 minutes. He's like, yo, someone just dropped this off at our door. He's like, don't y'all have patent on this licensing. Tell us what's up. And I'm just like looking at him like, yo, like, you know, I don't know what product that is, like where it came from. Cause it was a different I wouldn't say a different process, but it was, it was you made differently. It wasn't yours. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I, I was like, that's definitely not mine. I was like, nor is it any of my manufacturers because we, you know, definitely don't make them that way. But he hit us within 10 minutes. And so you're going that kind of loyalty. You can't, yeah. you, you can't buy it. You got to inspire can't, can't it. Can't beat it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if I told you the Florida State story. I might've told you. No, I don't think so. But for the podcast, this is, this is hilarious. Uh-huh. So we got our Florida State license. You know, this was before we started working with um, the guys out in Colorado. Okay. So I literally just got Florida State. I was starting to produce um, some product at that point, you know, started selling it. But for me to hold that license, you know, it didn't really make much sense for me. It's too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, expensive and confusing, right? Like, Which was hard because you kind of got like this. You're like, from bragging rights situation, I really want it. Yes. Yes. Like, I really did. But looking at it, I was like, okay, you know, they already have a Florida state license. Why would I work under my own, you know, and have to worry about royalties? You know, if they're shipping my product through fanatics, it would just be a mess. So I'm like, you know, I'll work under y'all's Florida state license. They applied for it, you know, shot the artwork into Florida state and Florida state denied it (laughs) because they were like, you know, we already got a guy that does this. And I was like, Damn, now I gotta reach out to Florida State. So that's an email I actually have to send today. That is hilarious. So you're <laughs> going, you're going, so now Fanatics is getting uh, or not Fanatics, but the uh the the subcontract that you're using is getting is getting denied yeah. because because they're staying loyal to your license. They are, they are, which is great. You know, it's really cool. Um, you know, when you build those relationships and like talk to licensing directors, like they know who you are. They're like, Oh, you know, this kid has this product, really cool. So when it happened, they were like, Yeah, Florida State denied it for some reason. And I was like, they deny it i'm like they approved our artwork no problem and it's the same stuff same yeah i was like it's the same thing 
And then I realized I was like, oh, it's because we have a license with them. So that's going to get fixed up. But I thought that was, you know, an interesting, you know, well, take. I think, oh, I think it demonstrates like where that attention to partnership mm -hmm. is paying out. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, just being fully honest, like when I think about our best customers, the ones mm -hmm. that we build, that we, we do the most business with, it all hinges on relationship. I mean, yeah. They don't buy from us because of anything other than cheapest the, price yeah, or anything. They won't want to work with us. I mean, like, so it's, yeah, I, I, I definitely see the positive effects on of that on my business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's only been recently that we've been starting to turn that at vendors too, because you, know, mm -hmm. you always think like the vendors are someone to negotiate against instead of someone to put your arm around. Yeah. Um, you know, and what we're finding is, is that, our best vendors, they're really receptive to us putting our arm around them. And instead of trying to beat them up on price day in and day out, when we need them to do us a solid, they do it. When they need yeah. them to bend the rules, they do it. And you can get money in other ways. Like, you know, um, like for instance, one of the vendors we did this with took us from 30 day terms to 60 day terms. Mm. Okay. So I'm like, Hey, you know, you did, you weren't able to lever the price down, but you're going to give me double the amount of runway to, to pay my accounts, mm -hmm. um, my account's payable with you. I'm like that, that's got a, that's got a very big value to us, especially on the amount of money that we spend with this particular vendor. Yeah. You know, so it takes pressure off the cash flow. And so, you know, when you start to think about your vendors as partners also, mm -hmm. um, you, you can, I think you can find creative ways to, to work around things. Yeah. It's, it's like an ecosystem, you know, you all work together, you know, at the end of the day, of course you want to make money, you know, that's one thing, but like, if you all kind of have each other's backs, you know, you work together. I feel like that's the best relationship, well, I think you know, you within it, business. Which was, which was, everybody wants to make money, but if you make your money at the expense of them and they mm -hmm. make you their money at the expense of you, then your, your focuses are not aligned. They're not. You know, but if you take a partnership view and you're going, I want to make money, but I don't want to make it at the expense of my partner over here. How can we think of ways mm -hmm. that we can leverage Benefit things both. that have high value for me and low cost for them mm -hmm. or high value for them and low cost for me yeah. to accomplish the same thing. And so when you start looking at it through that lens, you start to find more creative solutions and, it, and it's not so one-sided. Yeah. And you know, the best deals are win-wins. You exactly. always try and shoot for that, right? Like, you know, what do you want? What do I want? Let's try and figure it out. Exactly. You know, and it, sometimes it doesn't work out like that, you know, a hundred percent of the time. But if you really look at it through that lens, like I feel like 95, 98% of the time, you should be able to come to a solution. And even if you don't, you feel better about where you're going, you know, for sure. and you know, what might be a neat marketing ploy would be to, uh, to send like a free screen to all the players or something like that, because they're all kind of micro influencers in their own respect, aren't they? You're trying to get me sued. I know, right? Is that, is that, you're not allowed to do that? Um, going into this year with the NIL, we can probably do that. I just think about it like they all have followings. They do. You they know, do. and I'm like, and if I was one of them and I received something like that, maybe they, there's our customized like a player number or something. So, and I work with uh, several guys at UF. I've, you know, tons of connections and, I've worked some avenues, you know, where they have them, especially Polk County guys, because you got to think when when your yeah. dad's a football coach, you know a lot of them. Well, and honestly, Polk County is a breeding ground for yeah. We, we <laughs> had some they, good they, talent. They pull a lot of talent out of this yes. county, and like, um, you know, since today starts the NIL, I've already extended the offers to because my goal is like, hey, you know, like you play in Polk County, like I will give you first right, you know, like if you want to work with us, let's do it, you know, if not, I'll go work with someone else on the team. But since you're from here, you know, you I respect need, you that. To, you need to harvest like micro influencers. Yes. Almost. The, the micro influencers are a lot more powerful than the macros. Oh, yeah. 
Well, like, and honestly, the uh, the economics works out a lot better. You know, it, it does. It, it, a lot of the micro influencers, and there's actually a a, um, a person here at Catapult, Nicole Bradham. That that's a you know, she's. I, I would call her an expert on this. It's what she's doing is mm-hmm. aligning um, micro influencers with advertisers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was talking to her, and she's like, you know, a lot of times you can you can barter, you can do a lot. It's not you always can't. they're not always just after a check. But she's like, you know, these big influencers with huge followings, they want to check her after a check. But you yeah. know it. She goes, sometimes you can't really tell if they're going to be very good for you just based on the number of people following them Mm because you need the right kind of people following them. I've worked with several influencers on both ends. I always notice a better return with your micro. Always. Like nine times out of 10. Now, I'm not saying, you know, the exposure from your macro influencers is great, but the people that are generally following. The micro ones are are genuine, which that makes sense. They are. The macros yeah, you don't know how they've assembled these people. Yeah, you know, and a lot of them too. Like you can dive you can into the data, data. them up. I yeah, know, and yeah. so you're going, well, who cares if you got a zillion followers if they're not the right yeah, audience for me? Like they're not, they're not my audience. Yeah. So, so this takes you into this year, okay? So yeah. now we're now we're six months from that problem. Sounds like you're going, hey, wasn't as big of a setback as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that that you've got a a lot going on in terms of bringing on um, new partners into the organization. Correct. You know, both both to help on the financial side, but also to help on the strategy side. Like you know, talking to you offline, it sounds like the people that you've brought into your sphere. And it's not just been to write a check. It's really been to to help in the same yeah. ways that you've received help along the way. You're going, I need a strategic partner, yes. not just a financial partner. And they're all aligned, you know, in my market. They're in the sports market. Did you approach them? Do they approach you? I mean, like if someone's listening to this and they're um, going, okay, I got a good idea. I want to, I want to bring some people in like, like what Clay has done. It goes. Did it, you kind of let that just organically happen? It goes back to those like mutual connections, right? So like me and Rashawn. We worked some angles, um, you know, with different companies of like, hey, this is kind of what we want to do. This is our product. You know, how can we work together? You know, and they let them suggest some yeah, solutions. You know, they they came to us and they're like, look, we want to build out this back end. Um, like with their ticket platform, they wanted to move in the e-commerce space. And I'm like, hey, let's make that happen. And I'm like, let's do it. Goes back to their CEO. You know, CEO really liked it. We sat down with him. You know, really cool guy. Loved it. And he's like, look, you know, like, let's work together. You know, I, you know, he wants to kind of be a partner. And it's not so much that, like, he wants to be a partner to to make money. But at the same time, he sees benefit in helping us because it will also help him. Yeah, he sees the synergies. Yes. And they want to move into that, like, e-commerce, like, product space as well, you know, with, with their softwares. And we're kind of like that test model for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we work out, you know it works out for them they see it as like hey this is our market opportunity to really move in the space while also benefiting us well and so so that wasn't necessarily a master planned out strategy it was more like hey i'm i believe in relationships and business Mm -hmm. so whether that's with the customer the vendor or the internal partners Mm -hmm. i believe in seeking out mentorship and help from others okay so i'm doing that all the time Okay. And I believe in being open to opportunities. And then yeah. when, when one feels right, I follow it. Yeah. Okay. And so like if someone's listening, maybe the advice is, is you just got to be open. You need, you, do. you need to make sure that you're open and that you are looking for things that feel right, that mm-hmm. fit, that fit, not just for the short term, but have some strategy on the long term. Yeah. Okay. Cause if you ever break down that last person you were talking about, like, that's why they're, they're, they're entertaining this with you is cause they're going, 
I don't know if there's really anything to be made on the short term, but on the long term, there could be. Yeah. Let's let's follow this vein. So they're they're actually doing the same strategy as you are. Pretty much. Okay. For you know, for their business, which is really smart. You know, and we had a meeting, you know, with with the CEO and stuff, and he's like, Look, here's my phone number. He's like, text me. You know, he's like, anytime. He's like, call me. He's like, like, I want to help you guys out in any way I can. You know, he's like, I've had people help me along the way. So he's like, I want to try and forward. Yeah, reciprocate that. And when you're in that, you know, meeting, you know, the opportunity to sit in front of someone who's worth a lot of money, yeah, you know, and he's like, look, I'll cut you a check for this. He's like, this is pocket change. And I'm over here like, that's pocket change? Like, because that's the whole pocket for me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I'm like, I definitely don't have that sitting around. So, I mean, like, do you, do you think that, that really, if someone, if someone's taking this angle of trying to get fun, maybe that's the wrong angle. Maybe what the right angle is, is, trying to grow the business and being open to the right partners that could help fund it along the way. Correct. And it also depends like on your product and, and what you're trying to do with it. It's crazy. Like we raised money and I wasn't even trying to raise money. Right. Like that was not my intentions at Just all. Just open to the opportunities. And when it presented yeah. itself, you entertained it, went down that path. And you know, it could have come out to where the offer didn't make sense for you. And it could have been a no. Correct. Okay? Like it could have just as easily been a no as a yes because all these things aligned, it felt right. And it was the right partners at the right timing for you. It was a yes. Yeah. You know, and all the people aligned, you know, like one person comes on board. Well, you know, their buddy over here is like, Hey, I want to get a piece. I want to hop in. Yeah. You know, like what do y'all need? We're like, okay, we need, you know, this strategy over here, social strategy, you know, influencers. Cause when you're working in the sports space, you gotta know the athletes or at least know their agents, stuff like that. Get a guy that does that. You know, he knows them all. Okay, so so it sounds like they approached you with this idea rather than you approaching them, or maybe it was a mutual mutual, mutual thing. Yeah. You know, was it just a, a money thing for you? Like if they if they were just saying, "Hey, I just want to write a check. I want a piece of the company, and I believe in you, Clay." Mm-hmm. You know, no. Go, so that that would have been a no. What, say you, no. What, what you really wanted, you're going. I don't need the money as much as I need the expertise. Correct. So maybe maybe another thing to learn is like if you are entertaining bringing someone on and you're listening to this. You got to think deeper mm-hmm. than, than, than the financials. Cause if it's just about getting money, maybe you should be thinking about raising debt, yeah. not, not raising investment. Yeah. Okay. But what you might find is the right people who can help you along the way. They don't want to get deeply involved unless they can get involved. And, and that's kind of like our, like my strategy, right? Like when I sat down with everyone, you know, it's like, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. You know, like you are just not here for money. Like, that's not what we're trying to accomplish. You know, I don't want to just bring on random investors. Like that's not the goal. Like if you're coming in, you know, yeah, you know, you, you'll pay a little price to come into the company. That's great. But what's the value you bring outside of your money? You know, you bring X and X connection. Well, okay. You know, we're talking because then you're talking, okay, you know, this person, this person knows the VP of Verizon or AT&T or, you know, someone at Forbes. And it's just, and so you go, I'm not just bringing capital. I, I'm giving myself a better chance to really make it. Correct. You know, just to blow it up. Like, and, and that's been my goal all along, right? Like I talk to my dad and stuff. He's like, one day it's going to hit. And he's like, when it hits, he's like, you're going to make a lot of money. And I'm like, you know, yes, that would be great. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, I love it. I look forward to that day happening. But the process of building it out, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, what what I can tell you is whether you hit it rich, you don't hit it rich, you're not going to have any more fun than you're having right now. Like this is as fun as it gets, dude. More like, money, more problems. Eh, you, know, <laughs> you know what it really is? More money, different problems. 
Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that the, the problems intensify. They're just different. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not more of them. They're just, just different. They're bigger problems. Like that yeah. problem that you had with the skew mapping, like that's the type of problem that you have. Mm-hmm. Supply chain issues as a, as a result of the, of the, of the labor shortage of COVID, like those are the, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you know what, that's never going to stop. And that's part of the, what makes the puzzle fun. Yeah. You know, so what I would tell you, man, if, if I give you one piece of advice is enjoy it, like it, mm. it, be self-aware that right now you're doing something that a lot of other people don't get to do, which is you wake up each day and you get to follow your passion and see where it leads you. Mm. And that is the American dream. That is success. Doesn't even matter what the dollar figures attached to it. Because if you can live off of whatever it's paying, then you've hit it. You've hit it. Yeah. You've hit it rich already. Right. And, You're having fun. Now, if you, if you can low. make more money um, doing this than you could make working for someone else. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's you're, you're at Nirvana then, but mm-hmm. if you didn't, okay, if you didn't make any more money than you're making right now, a lot more fun than what you were doing at Publix. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. hundred so, percent. So that's how you got to, if you reframe it and say, that's the win I've already yeah. won, then how can you lose? Cause now you're getting in it. You get the experience of this yeah. ride. Who cares where the ride ends? Because you're going to do what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Pivoting. Yeah. Okay. Every time you hit a, a blockade, you're going to move it again and pivot yep. again and pivot again. You know, and, and what you got to think about what will really blow your mind is like, you know, when Amazon started, it was in books. You started your, who knows yeah. what it looks like 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. As long as you're open to opportunity, of you course. stay prepared, get prepared, stay prepared. Be self-aware. Yeah. Try to be. Yeah. You know, and have fun with it. Like, don't take it too serious. Yeah. I'm, I'm a serious guy. Don't yeah, get me wrong. You got to have fun with it. Though. I'm, I'm a pretty serious guy, but going into this fall, right? Like we're already looking at the connections I have are great. Cause it's like, Hey. You want to go to this game this year? And I'm just like, what? You're going, how do I lose? I'm like, dude, I'm like, those tickets, they're like 500 bucks a piece. They're like, nah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we got it. I'm like, I'll be there. Dude, that is <laughs> awesome. Well, I know, I know we're out of time and we're, we're, it seems we're, we're at the, at the end of, of, or at the present day of your story. Yeah. yeah. Um, I cannot wait to catch up with you like in 12 to 18 months and see what's happened from this point forward. You know, hey, well, you know, you, you know what, right now, do you know what's, what 18 months looks like for you? No, 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 in the world. that's always the answer. Always oh. the answer. You know that, that when you started the business and you're like, I don't know how we're going to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you got from here to what you thought was success. Yeah. Right. And then all that did was redefine what success was. So now the bar got set higher. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you said, I don't know how we're going to get from where we're at now to there. Yeah. Okay. And so here you are, you're a couple years into this, two, three years into it. And you're still saying the same thing. I don't know how I'm going to get from here to there, but it's it going to be fun. I'm going to figure it out because that's where the fun's at. Yeah. As in figuring out the puzzle. I'll kind of go back to like goals and stuff, right? Like my 2020 goals. Like my 2020 goal at the beginning of the year was to get on Fanatics. That was my goal. Like done. Done. And I was a week late. I'll admit to it too. You can check on my IG. <laughs> I posted about it. I was like, I was a week late, but it happened, right? Like the deal happened and 2020, 2021's goal is a lot bigger. I don't know if I'm going to hit it, but like we talk about, I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Clay, dude, cannot wait to, uh, to catch up with you. Good things are happening for you. If, Definitely. if anybody wants to uh, follow Clay Story, um, where can they find you? Where can they connect you? Instagram, at? Clay Canning, Twitter, same thing. And then reach out on Facebook, TikTok, check out Screen Skins. Please give it a follow. A lot of stuff coming on there. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yes, sir. I really appreciate the time.